Welcome to Radio Station Consultant, the podcast. I'm your host, Andy Meadows. Today, we're discussing the methodology behind how radio stations decide what music to add to their stations and how, when, and where to move music within their categories. I thought this would be a good topic to do a bit of a deep dive on since it's one of the main points of difference between me and other consultants, between my approach and theirs. Most radio consultants, and therefore many radio programmers, still use what I call the old model for their ads and moves. Basically, it works like this. They watch airplay charts based on media-based reports to see an aggregate of what other stations within their genre added the past week. Maybe they cross-reference some other charts, maybe they don't. Then they listen to a handful of those songs to see which ones fit. Maybe they'll even get a few other members of the team to listen as well. Finally, they add the ones they feel are the safest bets and make room for those songs by moving the songs that have been in the current categories the longest back to a stay current or a power recurrent category that rotates a little slower. Similarly, to determine the parameters for how many active songs to have uh, in their database as a whole and how many to put in each individual category, they also look at what other stations are doing, especially, of course, the successful ones. Those numbers may stay relatively the same for years upon years, um, or they may swell considerably if they're not diligent about resting songs, meaning once a song is added, it can tend to live in perpetuity within the database. Don't get me wrong. I completely understand the rationale for using the old system. I did roughly the same thing for years. It feels safe. Obviously, you have tons of stations, some of which appear to be very successful, added a song it's got to be popular, right? There was a time that this was the best affordable option for determining what we should and shouldn't play. And at that time, it fit pretty well with how new music was released because the two industries, radio and music, kind of aligned how each other conducted business to fit the other. And frankly, we radio guys liked the system. We were comfortable with it. We knew it. It made the handful of us who were in a position to decide the music that gets added to a stations, or better yet, a group of stations, feel important. We were the tastemakers, the gatekeepers, if you will, who got to decide who our audience got introduced to and who got shut out. Granted, of course, the best programmers learn to set their personal opinions aside and listen like a listener instead of themselves so they could more accurately guess what their audience would connect with and what they wouldn't. But even the best of us were still wrong from time to time, causing us to miss or be late on the occasional tune or artist, especially if that, uh, especially the ones that led the genre in a new direction. This old system also allowed us to form relationships with labels, um, artists, and promoters to help get insider access for our stations and the occasional big promotion. Sometimes, if we weren't careful and they wined and dined us enough, that would also lead us to make decisions that were more in the artist, label, or promoter's best interest than our stations. But like I said, at the time, it was the most affordable way to program music that was probably connecting with our audience. That is no longer the case, and it hasn't been for a few years now. Music is released vastly differently than it was just a couple of years ago, especially in hip-hop and Top 40 Hot AC, but even in country, alternative, and rock. With their massive social followings, artists now have direct access to their fans, so there's no room for radio to act as a gatekeeper. 
We can act like that's not the case and continue following the old model, or we can embrace this and just adjust our model. The upside is figuring out which songs are connecting with our audience is no longer a guessing game. It takes only a few days to tell whether or not a song is getting traction if we simply follow the data. Seeing this inspired me to create a new model for adding moving music to help me better advise my radio clients. I'll quickly break down how it works, but basically we look at the same data that record labels look at, and I use my radio background to determine what buckets, genres to put each song into. Side note, there are a couple of songs that cross over to more than one genre, of course. First off, we do watch TikTok to see if anything is breaking out that isn't on our radar yet, but the two we choose to track weekly are Spotify plays and YouTube plays. For each genre, we watch about 70 to 90 new songs each week. Uh, To be clear, there's no station we advise to play anywhere near that many currents. We just watch that many. These numbers ebb and flow a little, but on the top 40 hot AC side, we recommend about 23 to 27 currents right now. Uh, Country is 22 to 25, hip-hop, R&B, 30 to 33, and rock about 15 to 21. We also regularly adjust the song counts in all of our current categories to reflect what's happening in real time within that genre. Overall, we have a higher bar for what we add than most programmers and consultants. We're also quicker to rest songs, and there's uh, no such thing as a song that lives in perpetuity for us. We also have a creative and fun way to solicit local and regional song data using some multi-platform content we create in-house. On Mondays, we choose two songs, two new songs per genre we're watching and considering adding, and create a web post and a poll putting two of them against each other and driving traffic to that with an on-air feature, audio promo on-air, and a video that runs on social media. Here are a few examples. Two songs enter, one song leaves. Scary. It's a new music face-off on Yes FM, and it's based solely on your votes. Here are this week's tunes. I don't miss you, I just fantasize. In every battle, there's a winner and a loser. This is the new music battle on 92.3 The Vibe. Here are this week's tunes. She said she don't need you. She said that she need me. I can make it splash, yeah, that's that water. Here are some of the new songs we're considering in this week's Texas FM Music Meeting. The last one is an example of an artist-friendly genre where we soften it a bit, do four songs, and call it a virtual music meeting. That was a client suggestion that has worked well for that station. Toward the end of the week, we also do countdowns of the top tunes with a web post that lists all 10 and solicits listeners to give their top tunes. We drive traffic to that web post with an on-air feature, again, an audio promo, and another video on social that hits just the top five. Here's a few examples of that. Here are the top five songs this week on Hits 94.3 KRKZ. According to you, these are the top five songs this week on Lubbock's Real Hip Hop and R&B, 92.3. You vote on them, we count them down. Here are the top five songs this week on Playlist FM Country. Besides being a good way to get music feedback and collect data, these are also very sponsorable features. In fact, they work best when they are sponsored, so there's a budget to boost and target them and provide a prize incentive. 
Sometimes they go um, viral on their own, just organically. We've had some get 7,000 plus votes in, in a week, but they work much, much better when there's a sponsor boost and prize because there are also good branding and marketing tools to drive new Q. We then use that info combined with the overall numbers we're tracking to cater our recommendations to specific markets. Stick around because we'll be back in 30 seconds to talk about some of the trends we've seen tracking the data lately, including some examples of songs that radio is getting wrong. Studies show that people spend five times longer looking at video content than static content on Facebook and Instagram. Videos also have the highest click-through rate of any digital ad format, and 100 million hours of video are watched every day on Facebook. If you want to compete for those sought-after digital ad dollars, you've got to have local, fresh, regularly updated video content on your station's website and social media sites. At RadioStationConsultant.com, we can help. Whether that's supplementing the content you already have or providing all of your video content. Call 1-800-849-1457 or go to radiostationconsultant.com to find out more. So I built this system back in 2019, manually tracking everything on my own in the beginning, which was super painstaking. I now luckily have someone who helps me with that. Her name is Gabby Ray. She's incredible. Uh, She'll be joining us on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Super talented uh, radio person. You'll love her. But I also review the data multiple times per week. And after watching that data for just a few months back in 2019, I started to realize some things that really stood out to me. Things that are, by the way, still true today. There were a few songs running up the airplay charts that weren't really popular by today's standards. For instance, everything in the top 10 of our weekly top 40 hot AC chart, what we call hits, are getting at least 18 million plays per week, each tune, between Spotify and YouTube. Hip-hop is 11 million. Country falls quite a bit to 2.5 million. Rock right now is at a million each. There were also typically a few songs missing because following the data puts you a week or two ahead of the airplay charts. Incredibly strong songs were also much more popular than Airplay was reflecting, and they stayed popular longer. Here are a couple examples of songs radio is getting wrong right now. Bear in mind, if you're listening or watching this at a later date, this info will be outdated. You can schedule a meeting with us through the schedule meeting link, and we'll show you more updated data. On the Hot AC Top 40 side, based on Airplay, Ed Sheeran's Eyes Closed is number two right now. We show it as 15th, still above our bar for airplay, but we don't have it in heavy. Dean Lewis, How Do I Say Goodbye is fourth based on airplay right now and currently 38th on our chart. Moving over to country, Tyler Hubbard is number one based on airplay and currently 12th on ours. Scotty McCreary, uh, fourth in airplay and 26th on ours. In hip-hop, there's way too many discrepancies to mention, but one example is Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj, Princess Diana, 27th in airplay, and second right now on our chart, so flipped around the other way. Rock, uh, look no further than the number one song based on airplay, Foo Fighters Rescued, that's currently at 32 on our rock charts. Another thing we realized, which to their credit, many radio people have noticed, but in my opinion, not adjusted to enough, is this. It's not uncommon for the biggest artist in a genre to have multiple songs in the top 20, top 10, or maybe even the top five at any given time. For instance, Morgan Wallen, who is hands down the biggest country star right now, has three of the top five most popular country songs 
right now, including the number one. He also, by the way, has a fourth in the top 20. That's why we should all drastically loosen up our artist separation rules. And believe me, it was a hard thing for me to adjust to as well. But they're outdated rules, A, because they go against how the average person listens to the radio, B, they punish the biggest artist, and therefore, C, reward less popular songs and artists by putting them on equal footing to much bigger ones. The final thing that really stood out from the data was this. Radio appears to be the last one to know when an artist's career is fading. There's a whole lot of factors that go into that, but mainly it's those relationships with labels, promoters, and the artists themselves, and just the assumption that someone is such a big star that every song they put out should be added. I call that the automatic ad syndrome. There's no such thing as an automatic ad. Every single artist's career will decline at some point. It's just a sad fact of life. Watching the data from week to week, it's painfully obvious when someone's music has stopped connecting with the audience. Mainly because they have a huge head start if they're a big star because of those massive social numbers that we talked about that they've built up. So if something they put out doesn't gain traction quickly, then the audience isn't taking to it. Granted, some genres are more forgiving than others, and there's always a chance those artists will come back with something that later that causes them to have a resurgence. But one of the great things about taking a data-driven approach is it allows us to accurately recognize when someone's arrow is pointed up or pointed down. I know it's not pretty or fair, and the music industry is a cruel business, but it's not our job in radio to right wrongs or to try and artificially prop up an artist's career. Plus, it doesn't really work anyway, especially now because venues, booking agents, sponsors, and everyone else that plays a part in the revenue stream are looking at the same data that we are. Keep listening. We'll be back in 30 seconds to quickly discuss how radio can become a new music discovery tool again. Sadly, for the most part, terrestrial radio is no longer a new music discovery tool. That's partly because most of radio thinks that young people simply won't listen to the radio anymore, so they're not going to try and cater to them, which I completely disagree with. I know it's an uphill battle, but it's also a very bad long-term vision to write off an entire generation of potential listeners. There are a whole laundry list of adjustments we can make to not do that, which I'll elaborate on in another episode at a later date. But one of those is to become a new music discovery tool again by embracing our data-driven method for adding and moving music. This approach encourages us and makes us feel safe testing and adding music much faster than most other stations because we've got tangible evidence we're looking at. Plus, our whole database will more accurately reflect what the audience wants to listen to And over time, that will cause them to start thinking of us as tastemakers again. Right now, most avid music fans are hearing their favorite new songs other places before hearing them on the radio first. By following the system, we can change that, especially if we get comfortable adding songs that get early traction only to rest them a few weeks later if they slow down. Obviously, it also helps us to be more active on all the platforms they're active on, hence why we add a social element to everything we do with stations musically. 
That's it for the show today. Thanks for listening. Questions or comments, email me at Andy at radiostationconsultant.com. Get a copy of my latest ebook from broadcast to podcast. Subscribe to this podcast if you like it. And check out my website, radiostationconsultant.com. <laughs>